Hello, I'm Mariette Smeyman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is How do the profiling instruments in your coach's toolbox serve you? My guest is Dawn Klatsko, business and executive coach and Mind Dynamics profile instrument master trainer from Johannesburg. Welcome, Dawn. I'm so pleased to have you back on the show. Thank you for the invitation, Mariette. Great to be in conversation again. And to our listeners, after our conversation, Dawn will give us her best tips on how to get the most out of the coaching process. And then it will be fun question time. Now, Dawn, you haven't always been a coach. Could you please tell us how you came to work in this area? Okay. It's an interesting question. So I was in the advertising business. I was an ad woman for decades and reinvented my own career when I sold my agency. And when I went and sat on my rock and thought, what about, what do I do next? What can I take along with me from my career so far? And what is my intention going forward? And that was the beginning of my evolution, my reinvention into the coaching discipline. So I realized that my success in advertising was thanks to being a good manager of talent, of people. And I wanted to take the lessons that I learned in both business and people development into a broader spectrum. So went back to study, uh, wrote a book, uh, did a whole lot of things that took me into the coaching journey. Now today we're looking at a coach's toolbox, but first I'd like us to get a bird's eye view of coaching. My first question is there are many kinds of coaches. Could you comment on that? There certainly are. And I think What's interesting, Marit, is that globally, coaching is coming more and more into the spotlight. So there's an increasing desire for coaching support. So there are lots of, as, I, as you introduced me, I'm a business and executive coach. So even though it's coaching and that is the common denominator, there are coaches who specialize in different areas depending on where their interest lies and their skill set lies. My passion is for business and executives. There are other coaches that refer to themselves as life coaches. That's more about uh, aspirations in private life or in couples therapy, uh, development. There's a wide array of coaches, everything from spiritual to business and other. And I, I think You know, if you look at sports coaches, that's a good uh, kind of parallel or analogy where there are different nuances. In sport, there are many sport coaches, but some of them either specialize on a particular sport or a particular methodology. So I think it's the same in the general coaching arena. When we're looking at a coach's toolbox, are we just focusing on a specific area of coaching? So, you know, with coaching, there are specific qualifications. So you have some coaches, for example, where they studied psychology and they've moved into other areas of the human sciences. And you come out of your coach training with a particular skill set 
with how to ask the right questions, how to protect the relationship, the engagement, approach it from a positive psychology point of view. But the coaching toolbox is an interesting dimension. So, you know, as the saying goes, your coach is not your guru. We are also all simply human and have a specific training. But we have access to fantastic instruments, profiling instruments, different tools, different questionnaires to help frame the goals or frame the situation that the client's experiencing. So that's our little treasure trove of instruments and tools that a coach will use. How would you summarize the objectives of coaching? I think that coaching, you know, it's not prescriptive. So sometimes people get coaching and mentoring or consulting confused. So the, the role of coaching is really a supportive role. Uh, when you are engaging with a coachee or client, whatever title you wish to use, it's set. The relationship and the journey you're going to embark on is prescribed by what the individual is trying to achieve in terms of their goals. So it may be self-development, it may be business development, and the coach contracts, the coach's role is to get clarity of the goals and make recommendations on a timeline, on the milestones that you're going to agree on to ensure that you, the relationship and the goals are being met by when and how. And then for the coach to pull out knowledge, information, instruments to help the client get clarity and progress. Is it difficult to get buy-in from a client? I'm sure they must trust you if, if they want to go on this journey. I think trust is earned. So, you know, typically in the coaching relationship, when you're setting out to select a coach, uh, professional coaches will do something called a chemistry check, where you have a conversation about what the goals are and what the person's situation is. So in the professional coaching fraternity, it's a confidential relationship, but certainly the coach has to earn the trust of the client and for a coach and the coachee, the client to achieve meaningful goals, there has to be mutual trust and respect. So you're right, it does take work and it does take time. And that's why coaching is not just a once off quick session. It is an ongoing engagement. And also, as you achieve certain goals, you may look across at the horizon and realize that that goal was not exactly what you were going after. So it's enough trust to kind of go, well, oops, no judgment here, but let's reset and move again, move forward again. Thank you. Now we're coming to the tools and instruments. And I'd like to know what a profiling instrument is within this context. Sure, there are such there's a treasure trove of these, Mariette. I'm sure in the past you may have uh, participated in. Generally speaking, a lot of them are what we refer to as psychometric profiles. So uh, they profiles a profile process. Um, it comes off a questionnaire. These are all questionnaires. And then the answers are 
input into a specific framework and then out the other end comes a certain profile. That's why we call them profile instruments. Sometimes it's about personality. There are some that look at your values, uh, some with life satisfaction. Uh, some of them are kind of fun uh, online exercises that very often you can find, you can do them for free. They're not necessarily under the auspices of a professional coach. But if you're going to go into in-depth profiling, then you need to be selective about the profile you're going to do. So they, they relate to giving you greater insight to every aspect of your being. Uh, whether it's personality or behavior, or in the case of mind dynamics that I work on, it's a functional profile. So it's not psychometric. You don't answer phrases and identify how closely they relate to you or not. We look at physiological uh, exercises. And when a client comes to you, how do you decide which instruments to use? Mm, that's interesting. Um, I have several instruments in my toolbox. If some of them I enjoy more than others, and some are more suited to my area of focus, so business and executive coaching. But the way that a coach should choose, it's really to help. It depends on the questions that your client has and where they require clarity. So, for example, if I don't have a suitable instrument in my toolbox, I do have relationships with other coaching colleagues who specialize or have credentialed or qualified on other instruments that I'm not qualified on and will ask them to do a profile on my behalf. Um, so it's, the short answer is, depends what the client needs, and then the answer to that is that the professional coach if they do not have a suitable instrument, should be able to reach out to someone else who's qualified to provide those answers. Now, I'm curious whether you use instruments during the first session or whether you just see as you go along what is needed. How does that work? So uh, some coaches will go into choose their tools as they progress. For me, um, as you mentioned in my introduction, I'm a master trainer on mind dynamics, which is a what they refer to as a functional instrument. It's, it's neuroscience based, and we look at the natural, the authentic expertise that sits in a person based on their neural hardwiring. So in my particular coaching practice, I insist on my clients doing their mind dynamics profile up front. And the reason I do that, in all honesty, is because it gives me excellent insight to the client's preference in how they take in information, how they're going to pre uh, process it, and how they like to communicate or express themselves, whether it's written, spoken expression, or how they implement. So the reason I do that is because I believe that a coach should package the way that they're engaging according to the client's profile. So it's a bit of a cheat sheet for me, to be honest, because it gives me excellent insight 
to the preferences of the person in front of me. So I believe that makes me more effective. And then later on in the engagement, depending on what the goals are and what emerges, I will then pull in other instruments should we need it if we're not able to arrive at clarity through the conversations that we're having. We've spoken on mind dynamics before, and I remember what really fascinated me was when you talked about one's basic profile and how how it changes under stress. Could you perhaps talk about that and give us an example or two? Sure. In fact, you've just struck a, a dare on a question I'd like to ask you later on. Right. But yes, it's interesting. So, you know, we, we all have, I'm sure that most of your listeners have heard about left or right brain dominance. The truth is that we use all of our brains all the time. And what Mind Dynamics does is it helps you understand where your neural hardwiring and your dominance is. So what's interesting is the poor brain sits in this isolation chamber. It doesn't have its own eyes or ears, <laughs> hands or feet. It's relying on the owner of the brain. And an interesting dynamic of neuroscience and neural hardwiring is that we've got this interesting design. The left hemisphere of the brain controls everything on the right-hand side of your body, and it switches, vice versa. Now, if any of your experts, and by experts, I'm talking about how you see or hear things, how you communicate or implement. If any of your experts are aligned to the non-dominant hemisphere of your brain, so even though we've got left and right hemispheres and we use both, you do have a dominance. You're either predominantly like a big picture creative thinker or predominantly left brain process driven love logic. All of your attributes, your experts that are not aligned to the dominant hemisphere of your brain, when you are under stress and your brain feels that you're under threat, everything that is not aligned to the non-dominant hemisphere is going to power down. So I don't know if it's happened to you, but for example, I know that when I'm under extreme stress, I read things incorrectly. I can completely embarrass myself through misreading a WhatsApp or get an email completely wrong. So there are exercises that you can do to help overcome that when you know you're in a stress profile. But if I'm feeling lazy, then what I do is I just double check with one of my friends who I know has a very accurate blue eye rather than my more creative red eye. I don't know if that explains it clearly enough for you. That certainly does. But please tell us more about the exercises one can do because I know when I'm under stress, I can't find things. I really, I see them, but I don't see them. It's so true. I mean, that happens to me. I, I'm sure that if there was a flower on the wall, they'd think I was a bit nuts because I have this out loud conversation with myself. Like, okay, <laughs> let's backtrack and where could you possibly have put your coffee cup down? So, you know, it's that type of experience. Uh, people also talk about their glasses or car keys or all mm. those essential things that you need. Um, so with the Mind Dynamics Institute and with the Mind Dynamics Profile, uh, we use very interesting, they are movements uh, that come out of the Mind Moves Institute. 
we, we can't reach into our brains. You know, we want to stimulate different areas of the brain. And when you do stimulate those areas, you can help your, your experts from powering down. You don't lose them. They power down because your brain is focusing on survival. So these mind moves are very simple movements. They're very interesting. Very often people are in a state of disbelief because they don't really believe that a movement as simple as massaging around the edges of your ears, for example, could help your neurons fire up. So it's about neuroplasticity. And when you practice these movements, you are stimulating specific neural pathways in the brain. And when you practice those movements enough, you eventually have a hard wiring. You have these neurons who are very familiar with one another, and they create a little roadway, a little connection between one another to help you stay in play, to keep your experts going. So it's a very interesting field. I'd like to know how you use this instrument with individual clients and then how you would use it in groups. So with individuals, so we, we always will begin with the individual. So by you understanding the experts that you already possess, we, we look at 14 dimensions. And the reason there are 14, we only look at aspects of you where there are pairs, where there's a choice. So for example, the reason we look at how you see things is because you have two eyes. So you're going to have a dominance. The brain will have selected a dominance of one above the other or how you hear things. So when you understand the seven experts out of the 14 dimensions, it's seven pairs, and, and you will have seven experts. Once you have those, it's really interesting. You can then decide which of the other seven experts are most essential to you in terms of what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to do, and what your profile is. So once you've embraced yourself, and let's say we're talking about coaching in a, in a work environment and you're part of a team, you can imagine that we now enter the team collection in, in, in a workshop or in a boardroom, in a gathering, and all of a sudden we have far greater respect for each of the minds around that table. We now know who's got particular expertise, and we also understand when under extreme stress, sustained stress, which of those team members' experts powers down. So it creates a massive amount of insight, mutual appreciation, and great collaboration between a team uh, whether it's for pairing or optimizing the collective performance. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I, I'm thinking about both, you know, a love relationship, where if you understand why that person can't see in, in air commerce, as he usually does when he's under stress, or in a work mm. environment where you can understand why your colleague can't hear you when she's under stress, I'm sure that resolves a lot of conflict. It does, and very often absolutely surprises people. We, we have a wonderful um, report. One of the options we have is something called the MDPR P2, a partnership report, 
where you can look at two profiles. So you will have done each individual's profile. And then there's a report that shows you the dynamics. Because, you know, this is how sometimes similarities of people where they have a similar expertise in a relationship or in the work environment or a parent to a child or whatever the case may be, sometimes the similarity may create conflict or as a duo, you may, for example, be a couple who are so creatively focused that life seems to be a bit of a mess because you are not able to function in terms of process. So it's not a judgment. There's no such thing as a perfect brain or a perfect team or perfect pairing. It's about mutual appreciation, insight, and understanding. And the the key element, I think, is to always have a good dose of humor. So if you can laugh at your own vulnerabilities or your own expertise or your own dominance – as one or as part of two or as part of a bigger team, it's a very healthy approach. Yes, and if you have those moves that you can do to, shall one say, power up or empower those attributes that that tend to power down under stress, um, would you only use it when you find yourself under stress or would you do these movements regularly? So if you want to, so the recommendation, you can, you can use them as your 911. Some of the moves will help you just stay in play. But the beauty of the mind moves and where you get the best benefit, and you know, it's maybe three minutes a day, you're not working up a sweat, they're very easy to do. Some of them you can do at your desk. Um, some are a little bit more expressive, so you don't want to do them in public. But if you practice that, it's about the science of neuroplasticity. So if you do these on a daily basis, eventually your neural pathway, it's like treading like wildlife treading a path through the bush. Uh, the more you practice, the more permanent that pathway becomes, and the easier it is for you to access the expert or to prevent powering down. Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. Dawn, where can listeners learn more about your work? So I think it's simply go to the website, which is minddynamics.com. It's spelled M-I-N-D-Y-N-A-M-I-X minddynamics.com so if you're interested in having a profile done you'll see a number of our accredited practitioners from around the world some of them have their profiles on the site otherwise you can just email us on profile at minddynamics.com we can give you a bit more information and see who may be best suited to doing your profile um, and if you're a professional if you're a coach who's interested in adding this to your toolbox once again uh, lots of information on the website you can reach out to us via that portal thank you i'll attach the link to the website to this podcast thank you i think now it's time for your tips for getting the most out of the coaching process Excellent. Um, so I think the three really important things is don't be shy 
about shopping around. It's it's not simply shopping around for fees because fees will vary depending on the coach's qualification and their expertise. But I think this is a very personal relationship. And that is why professionals will be very open to you having usually at no no fee a half hour chemistry check session. So be very certain, don't be shy. If you're going to benefit from the relationship, it needs to be a very good connection on several levels. So that is the the first. I think the second is to be prepared to trust. So you are going to have to share insight to your demons. A coach will never be judgmental. They will simply embrace you as you are in a non-judgmental, non-prescriptive manner. And if you are honest, uh, you will get greater benefit out of the engagement. And I think the third uh, suggestion that I would have is to trust the process. So especially in the early stages of coaching, you are trying to build a framework, trying to get clarity of what the true goals are and what will be of greatest benefit to you. So approach it from a perspective of this is a journey of three to six months at least. I have some clients where it's certainly not a codependency, but they find it of such benefit that we've had an ongoing uh, relationship now for, for example, two years. So it's really just uh, the ability to tap into a confidant, someone whose primary focus every day is to go and look at research, trends, insights to help you along on your journey and smooth that road ahead. Thank you, Dawn. And before I ask you your fun question, I just want to mention that we've done a podcast on your book, The Art of the Suit and Related Matters. Uh, And I'll attach the link to that podcast to this one. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because your book comes up in your fun question. Are you ready for your question? I am, yes. On the cover of your book, The Art of the Suit, there's a striking illustration of a suit with a rose on the lapel. And my question is, if you could have a suit designed for you, just for fun, if you didn't need to tailor the design to any specific event, which color would the suit be and what would it look like? <laughs> that is such an interesting question and it's truly uh, left, I guess, right brain for me. So that's such an interesting question. I think that the beauty of a suit is that it's almost like armor, that it helps your psychology of how you're stepping out into the world to influence the world. So for me, I love the idea of both masculine and feminine. I think we need to draw on both dimensions of human existence. So in terms of color, I guess, and design, I would have a combination of black and red because I think that black is very powerful, but it it sucks in color. So I would like to introduce red 
to as a as a gateway of passion and expression and i would like the structure of it to be both fitted but flowing and feminine oh i'm so curious now i wish i could see it <laughs> <laughs> yes no me too i think i may step out and go and and have it can may i ask you a fun question you're welcome and you have to admit whether you prepare to share it or not right we've all done we've all done really funny things under extreme stress can you think of something that you've done where after the event perhaps you were able to laugh at yourself and go what exactly happened there yes i'll have to think about it i'm sure i've done many <laughs> i have some very extreme examples that i fortunately can't think of right now but i must admit that what happens when i record podcasts and as you know english is my second language i sometimes will 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 pronounce something in the weirdest way and i'm sure it's because <laughs> of stress and you know when i pick that up is when i edit the podcast and then i will go oh my goodness <laughs> you know what happened there I hope you laugh at that. I really yes, hope I that do. you do. It's hysterical. I mean, sometimes we have an auto response. And I think that when you become aware of, for example, an expert powering down, or you think what happened, and mm. um, that it's opportunity for laughing at yourself on a, on a more frequent basis, which we all need. So I, I'll, I'll share one with you. Uh, I, I was traveling this year, and was the first time I've been out of the country this year. And fortunately, my best friend came along with me. And on the way from the airport, we were in Italy, and I just phoned uh, the uh, hostess to say, fabulous, we're on our way, when she responded that we were actually a day early. Oh dear. So <laughs> I had managed to book our airfares. This was peak summer season. Mm. Uh, in a tourist area and fortunately with the friend that I have she knows that that was out of character for me and we just turned it into a laugh and the opportunity of finding a hotel at short notice and it all actually turned out quite well and into an adventure so I think if we can smile at ourselves we're onto a winning streak you're absolutely right and then one has a story to tell not so Yes, lots. Mm. Thank you, Dawn, for sharing your time with us and introducing us to a new way of looking at coaching. For me, certainly, you know, I've never considered the toolbox that coaches use, and I've learned a lot. So thanks for being here today. Thank you for the invitation, and I'm really happy. I hope it's been useful information. Thank you. And to our listeners, it was good of you to join us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe to Calm, Clear and Helpful and if you'd rate the show. Visit my website www.mariehetsneiman.co.za for this episode's show notes 
and for free articles and podcast episodes on love relationships, parenting, life's challenges and emotional health. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me and the music is by Mark Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.